It is time to tune up the band and get patriotic about your own country's wrestling, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chin Wag podcast. I am Sam, joined as ever by Reardon and Dan, as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. And for this episode, we are joined by independent wrestler and the franchise player of Target Wrestling, Shady Natress. Hello, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Oh, how are we all doing now that kind of we're behind WrestleMania and all of that's uh, done? How are we all feeling? Still tired. <laughs> just just exhausted forever. All I'm saying is it was a good decision on my part to just not stay up for either night of WrestleMania, just watch it the next morning. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> that was a lot of wrestling to get through. A heck of a lot of wrestling to get through that week. I think I mean, on my I think on my count there were sixteen shows that I had to go through. That's I said I had to, I didn't have to at all. That's crazy. <laughs> that's actually crazy. <laughs> Alrighty. So we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and always and forever pending other platforms. Always. Always, always be pending. So, Dan, before we get on to the news, Shady, would you like to introduce yourselves to the Sweet Chinwagger audience and uh, tell them what you, uh, what you get up to and uh, where you've been around the world in terms of professional wrestling? Well, um, my name's Shady Natris, and I started training to be a professional wrestler in 1999. And I had my first match in 2001, so this year will be my 20th year in British wrestling. Um, I'm primarily based at Target Wrestling, but I uh, I do venture to other parts of uh, the UK, and I'm uh, often seen up at Discovery in Edinburgh and uh, various other places. Um, I've been lucky enough to challenge for the Ring of Honor world title against Jay Lethal, and um, I've worked with Al Snow, who's uh, a personal favourite of mine, mm. um, Paul London, who's a, a good friend, um, Angelico, um, Roderick Strong, uh, Joy Janella, um, uh, yeah, pretty much a who's who's name of uh, professional wrestling. So it's safe to to say that you you've you've earned the moniker of the franchise player. That's for darn sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> oh good no, honestly it's an absolute pleasure to have you on sir, and to talk about what we're going to be talking about in this episode all about british indie wrestling but before we get on to all of that good stuff as i said it is time to visit dan for this week's wrestling news i'm so angry with the news i'm not even going to do it just getting on with it <laughs> <laughs> wrestling news insert jingle here <laughs> sam you can do something in post i've tried to <laughs> you just copy and paste one of the ones that I've done when I've been happy. No, you know what? I'm keeping this because I think people need to know. We were going to talk about WrestleMania, but the, then the 15th of April happened. Well, yeah, we were going to talk about WrestleMania and then the collective weekend, um, which I want—I still want to do in more detail. It might just come two weeks after the fact at this point. Yeah, exactly. Just. If, if not just specifically to say, just go out of your way to watch Rich Swan versus Two Gold Scorpio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a genuinely I enjoyable match. I agree. It was a really good match. Yeah. Uh, I also highly recommend Josh Barnett versus John Moxley as well, Blood Sports 6. Oh, that was a great match, that was. Yeah. 
Um, but no, we have to get into the unfortunate part. And exactly one year to the day <laughs> from last year uh, for the next run of releases. And we will give you a rundown of the full, uh, the full list of names, including those who were already previously released. And we'll get to a... A pair at the end because I know that they are going to be most, the most annoying for at least us specifically, but obviously the big one being Samoa Joe. Yeah. Uh, as far as we know, the context around this being that Samoa Joe wanted to return to in-ring action, but he wasn't being allowed to, and WWE said that they preferred to have him on commentary. Suddenly, I'm getting flashbacks to 1994 and Randy Savage wanted to come back to in-ring action. <laughs> Because it does, I mean, I, I didn't make that comparison until this morning. I was, as I was kind of like compiling notes for the week's kind of news and for that in particular. And I thought to myself, that does smell a lot of like what happened to Randy Savage when he left for WCW. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but no, um, that's, I know it's a weird comparison to make to Samoa Joe and Randy Savage, but... Uh, no, but the situations are the same, effectively. Very much the same, but no. He wants uh, to return to in-ring action, hasn't been allowed to. They say, actually, you're a really good commentator, we're going to keep you there. <laughs> At least he has a nice little out when he wants to eventually kind of retire or bow up from in-ring action. But gosh, oh, yeah. man, Joe's, Joe will go anywhere and he's going to be absolutely... A, an incredible asset let's, to anyone. Let's and, just yeah. say, he's not going to be hurting for work. <laughs> yeah. Like, Joe, honestly, it's fine. It's fine. Go and do things, Joe. Because you will do things as is just tradition. Don't do, just don't do any more spots involving jumping downstairs. Please. <laughs> everyone still... kept because of that announcement for some reason everyone kept sharing that clip and i was like please no i don't want to see this again god that 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 match with sting at that moment it's <laughs> forever immortalized in my head of joe's reaction after he did it the look of oh god why did i just do that spot <laughs> i have made a mistake now i have to ask as the professional wrestler out of all four of us here shady I can't imagine doing a drop kick onto concrete stairs is is a wise move. <laughs> uh, I, I like to uh, protect myself as much as possible, so I won't be doing anything like that anytime soon. I don't think anyone should tr look at that spot and go, you know what, that would be really good to do it. But I think yeah. the worst thing about that is like 90% of the shot is just obscured by fans, so you don't even see it really. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, moving on next, though, in terms of profile, probably the next biggest one beyond the, again, the people we'll get to later, uh, Mickey James now being released from contract. Uh, she was only really making sporadic appearances since about 2016. Yeah. Um, but again, probably not going to be hurting for work. Yeah, if she I mean, if she decides to stay in ring. Um, yeah, I lots of people have said they expect her to go to the NWA. Nicole, this is there. I, I, mm, I'm not sure what Mickey James will do, because like, how old is Mickey James actually? Give me uh, a second while I use I, the power of Google. I yeah, like, how? I feel like it's one of those things where you say you never ask a woman their age. Really. Yeah, sure. So I never oh, know. I never okay, know. that's fair. I have looked it up, <laughs> and with that in mind, yeah, she could go. She could keep going. She's fine. She'll be fine. <laughs> 
but you know, Mickey James. Exactly. Mickey James is great. Exactly. The other thing, the other thing with Mickey is she, you know, she likes to do other, like she, she had a singing career at one point, mm. and she, she's yeah. got the family now. So you know what I mean? Maybe winding down is what she wants to do. With Jeremy, she could appear on NWA, and that can kind of uh, fulfill her wrestling needs and do whatever else she wants. Yeah, I, that's pretty much the way I, I expect to see it. Yeah, mm. as Dan said and pitched to me, I'd like to see that rivalry between Mickey James and Melina reignited in NWA. Yeah, just have it operating by proxy. Exactly. Because <laughs> I mean, it's worth saying as well, we haven't been able to cover it, but NWA brought in a, a whole host of new uh, young female talent uh, to, to pad out their women's division. They've, they've. Um, I can tell you, they've done, they've done some really. Like, oh well, I'll say this: Billy Corgan's done some really good work in terms of his women's division in I, NWA. It, it's horrible because I know I was talking to someone about it relatively recently. I believe her name is Camille. Yes. Who they brought in, who looks like their next big like women's division star. Mm. Uh, then next along, we see uh, Kalisto of Lucha House Party, former United States champion and cruiserweight champion, being released as well. And of uh, course, again, not going to be hurting for work at all. And of course, of course, we know about his greatest achievement was uh, Mr. Good Lucha Things as well. Yes. All right, no, he's, he's more than that, but still, I can't get over. I still can't get over that. No, 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 no. He peaked. He peaked. <laughs> he, he peaked at Good Lucha Things. <laughs> no, honestly, like I'm very excited to see uh, Kalisto go Kalisto, and do his thing. Kalisto's pre WWE work, um, like his match with uh, El Generico and Evolve, that was yeah. a wounding match. That was a that was a great yeah. match. And as I as I know that Brian Cage has said on a number of occasions that there was a match planned between him and uh, Samurai Del Sol. So I, you know what, touch wood we get to actually see that match in the future because I'd be so hyped for that. Dude, hopefully we'll see uh, Samurai Del Sol it, probably in like AAA next week. <laughs> That's the hope. <laughs> uh, moving on then, uh, see Chelsea Green now being released. Never made a, uh, a main roster appearance. Yeah, it's a shame considering like it was injury after injury that kind of... Yes. Yeah stunted her kind of like momentum going it's the Hideo Itami effect that happens when you're in WWE yeah. now I think the surprising I think the most surprising thing for this for me was that even with all the injuries she was given a three-year extension yeah <laughs> and then released yeah exactly they she only have... got the she only got the extension in November <laughs> they must have seen something in her I suppose and then we're just like no <laughs> Uh, the fickle mind of WWE creative. You love to see it, don't you? <laughs> uh, the one that I think a lot of people, not actually one that people want to see, but I'm, I'm going to phrase it necessarily in that way, but Bo Dallas being released, at least from the sounds of it, he was pretty much done with wrestling. Hadn't yeah. made an in-ring appearance since Crown Jewel, which was 2019. Yeah, that one's crazy. I mean... He's been around for so long. Yeah, doing things getting over naturally, not only kind of like it from the social act, well, from his Bo Leave gimmick and then to social act casts and then the B team, he naturally got over with fans. I guess, much to the chagrin of creative, <laughs> I don't think they expected to 
expected believe to get over as much as it does. <laughs> nah, definitely I mean, not. I still talk to most people. Most uh, casual fans, and they still quite like and rem- reminisce about Bo Leaves. So I mean, it had something. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's like um, when I was talking to some friends of mine who are American, and I was like, um, yeah, but sometimes wrestlers that aren't popular in the US get over big, like over here. <laughs> yeah. And Bo yeah. Dallas was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I think they yeah, they missed a trick not having some sort of uh, uh, Bray Wyatt, Bo Dallas crossover. Yeah. No, they absolutely should have I done know, that in some way. I know they did the, the, one tease in 2013 on an episode of NXT, and that was about it. You'd, you'd think there was some money in there somewhere to do some sort of story that um, doesn't involve Jack in the Boxes. <laughs> or a box-like structure, as, yeah, uh, as Michael Cole put like structure, or have you know? <laughs> <laughs> it goes alongside with the local medical facility. <laughs> Sorry, I should have drunk water when you said that, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, just uh, another last two now, both people who have unfortunately suffered the curse of the I guess the tag team breakup mm. before we get to the most obvious case of that. Uh, Wesley Blake uh, and Tucker of Heavy Machinery now being released from their contracts. Pretty much both people who suffered by not being in tag teams because that's what they were good at. Yeah, That's yeah. what made them popular. Yep. And now we get to live with the crazy thing of Jackson Riker being the member of the Forgotten Sons that's still with WWE. <laughs> How does that work? He must have some dirt on some high-functioning member or high-up member of, of the office because I don't, I don't know. <laughs> or he must be a really good security guard for Elias. One yeah. of the two. Elias is vouching for him big. <laughs> Uh, but let's get into the big one. It's the one that's hurt us. It's hurt Josh Robinson. It's hurt fans uh, all over the world, really. The Iconics have been released. What a waste! I do and not just just following just following on with the with the paraphrased words of Kevin Dunn here. I don't get it, and I don't see anything in them. <sighs> I don't think Kevin Dunn, Vince, any sort of the talent relations people were going to be fully aware of just how much this was going to uh, rock the boat, I think, with wrestling fans. To say the least. Because <laughs> it's fair to say that, you know, re- regardless of their kind of like their in-ring work, which is, you know, which has massively improved over the years, they got over through pure charisma and you know when you know people go into the wwe that's the one thing they're told is that you've got to have that personality and charisma because that's the thing that will get you you know the big time in in this company but they've been released <laughs> it's <laughs> it, it, it's just the thing of like you have a women's tank division <laughs> And you have a women's tag team who are 
very who are over and can get the reactions that you want out of them mm. whether or not you want people to like them or you want people to hate them and you're just like hmm break them up <laughs> it, it baffles me how like the WWE relies on as you say Vincent Kevin Dunn when it's it's never been easier to see what is over. You used to have to see who mm. bought the merch, who sold the tickets, and heard the vo- the voices in the crowd. But now you just go on social media, and that's that's it. <laughs> All your work's there. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I never thought of that. It's, but no, but you're right, Shady. It's like yeah, no, because it's like um uh oh god, who was it? There's someone I was watching an interview with recently. No, like. Yeah, no, the thing is that for a lot of wrestlers before, it was just kind of, you just kind of had to do stuff in the ring and see what people liked. <laughs> mm. And you just kind of watch it back and then be like, okay, well, they like that, they like that, we'll do more of this, we'll do more of that. But now you just have this instant feedback. Yeah. It's, uh, I, d- I don't know. I, I, could go, I could go on forever about kind of just like, I think those two... If you'd given them like, if you'd given them a year, really like, got gone over more stuff with them. I, I'd pair them with Tyson Kidd, pair them with Finley. You could make them into really good like all around wrestlers. Heck, don't spit them up. That was the one. That's the one main thing I think everyone has said. I could go on forever. To be fair, we've been there and said um, we're not going to be able to talk me yet. But I will say, just to repeat the thing I've been seeing around on Twitter all the time. Uh, produced by Tyson Kidd is going to become like the new, like the new marker, <laughs> exactly for, for women's matches. Absolutely, absolutely. So I feel like that Finley passed the torch down to Tyson Kidd in this regard. <laughs> but Tyson no, Kidd been putting out work. It's funny. It's funny how people now prefer much to be produced by Tyson Kidd than Shawn Michaels. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh man! That's... We don't talk about Michael Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I I said I could go on forever, but I feel like I should give the floor for a few minutes to Reardon because yeah. if this has really hurt any of us out of the three of us, it's Reardon especially. Oh, blood feud! <laughs> blood feud! This is That's... for you, Johnny Funk man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm. The moment they were broken up. I felt like everyone knew that the writing was on the wall, and yet we still kind of sort of believed mm. to our to our folly, perhaps, that this wasn't an inevitability. I think I think the thing about it was it came with it came with the requisite like, oh, okay, they're splitting up the tag team to push someone, and then Peyton never got the push. Yeah, and then they were like, oh, I guess people don't like Peyton anymore. And I'm like. Uh, this is Hold not how on. this works. <laughs> Hold on, yeah. I've just, it's just bear, bear I, in I, mind, I... at least if we follow the time frame and the way things were planned, nothing was gonna happen with Peyton until Lacey Evans won the title. <laughs> and if you consider when that was meant to happen, which would have been what March, yeah, like it would have been February or March. Which would nah. then would have left what <laughs> two one to two months left to Mania. <laughs> it's just, and even then we would have had Charlotte returning anyway. <laughs> they had, they had Edge and Christian, and again 
and then they just ruined it <laughs> for no discernible reason. <laughs> I don't understand. Someone explain this to me. I, 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 no, I can't. I really can't read it. I'm sorry, buddy. Just... Like, I can't, I can't explain it, but what it does do for me is I remember there was someone, someone had tweeted it, but it was when John Laurinaitis was announced that he was returning as head of talent relations. I just remember someone being like, stuff's going to get bad. <laughs> yep. Yep. So now I feel like, you know, looking back at that, I'm like, <laughs> it's like, that was the moment. That was the moment where it all started to go wrong. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Who would have thought with the uh, potential Peyton uh, Lacey feud that it would be Peyton without the job? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just... I think this is this is disregarding the other tweet I saw recently. I can't remember if I sent it to you guys, but it, I'll, I'll just say it. Someone said that Lacey Evans was the Baron Corbin of the women's division. <laughs> I don't know. It just made me laugh. Oh, that's rough. But um, rough. But yeah, fair. no. It's just so. It's, it's just so confusing. To, 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 like they just do this thing where they're like they have tag teams break them up, and they're like, oh, I guess people don't like them anymore. You got to go. Just... I don't know. It all comes back to this. This, you know, you know, this narrative that kind of has been in WWE for gosh, ever since 2002, I would say probably it came into prominence is that Vince just not liking tag teams. This um, is the only explanation at this point. It really is your only explanation at this point. It's still very confusing. It's just like uh, for a guy that kind of you know, at the turn of the century, his biggest his biggest matches were coming from uh, three of the most decorated t- tag teams of all time in Edge and Christian, the Dudleys and the Hardys, to suddenly, like, not wanting a damn thing to happen with the tag team division. It's, it's confusing. It's... A reminder uh, it, that the women's tag team division has one actual tag team and they've never held the belts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's so... It's such a confusing thing as to why Vince is not on board with tag team wrestling nowadays. When you know other companies have, have definitely shown that it can be, it can be a very good draw for your product. Yeah, well, I'm, supple- willing- I'm. Oh, go ahead. When he's willing to throw um, gimmick matches down people's throats, mm. like elimination chambers and money in the banks, tag team matches are, 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 are the easiest. Uh, gimmick match you can get <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly i mean we don't need another nigerian drum fight but we could do with a lot more <laughs> tag team matches <laughs> oh no it's such it's, it's it's i think it's just crazy for me especially when you look at other companies who have invested so heavily in tag team wrestling yeah I mean, we were. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, we, 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 we could all say AEW, but come on, that's the obvious choice. But still. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that is obviously the the easy choice. But I mean, even across most other companies, like Impact, have gone in pretty heavily. Yeah, I mean, Mexico I mean, they've always had is... a pretty strong tag division. Um, but even NXT. Yeah. Yeah. Even in it. Yeah. Actually, you know, you're right, Shady. Even NXT. Yeah. it's a lot more prominence with the tech <laughs> I mean because I I fear for the day 
when we'll see um, the tag teams that are currently now in there go up to the main roster because I don't want to see Grizzled Young Veterans or MSK or Lorcan and Burt split up. But we know that if they ever do go to the main roster, that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> Is it? Well, is it, it it's just like it's just like what I've been saying to a couple of people that it's like because because like, between me and my friends we kind of have this split of like people that only care about main roster and then I guess like me and one other guy who we like still we, we you know we are the people that watch independent wrestling yeah and there's a very distinct kind of split <laughs> <laughs> and the thing I always say is like. The thing about it, though, is that some people just suit NXT better. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I I don't ever see Lorcan and Birch working on main roster. Mm. As great as they are, I just don't think they fit the thing that they're going for. But yeah. NXT, they can be amazing. And they are amazing. Yep. And shout out Danny Birch. <laughs> hope his shoulder is a is as a fast recovery in his shoulder injury for sure but yeah i feel like i just something came into my mind as well do you think vince the reason why he spits tag teams up is he's trying to capture that lightning in a bottle that was sean throwing marty through the barbershop window <laughs> but anything that's, that's anything point, at this but, point but if you look in the case of the iconics if you're not going to follow it up what's the point Exactly. exactly. It's like if you're just going to do it and then just be like, that's that. And you're not going to get like, like the most we got out of it was that one moment at the Rumble. Mm. Uh, mind you, it could be worse. They could have split up the new day. Oh, wait. <laughs> I mean, like technically the new day are still together just as two people. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's a big, that's like a big asterisk. <laughs> Oh gosh, that much is true. Um, but yeah, it's it sucks. The timing on it, I think, it was terrible, given that it was one year since Black Wednesday, and that was yeah. a horrible thing to think about. And then I think that just stirred up even more emotions. I think that's just why a lot more fans have been a bit more vocal about this one. Is because, wow, you, you the timing on this is absolutely perfect, guys. Well, the one um, from, the the thing for me was one they said it was budget reasons, which. Blows my mind to me. Well, that's that's, that's one billion that, peacock deal, by the way. That's that's an. <laughs> I should say strictly that won't come into effect till the next financial quarter. Yada yada yada. I must say, I'm honestly, I almost want to clap at the balls to call <laughs> that to say it's a budget reason. Uh, I refer you all to the uh, the uh, to our dear friend Joseph Montecilio's video. What's wrong with WWE? Because uh, that still yeah. holds up a year later. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, is is this how we're going to end the news? Because I feel like I that's a bit of a damp, so. that's, I feel that's a bit of a damp squib to end on, doesn't it? Just, uh, just okay, do it. my note to yeah, end the news. It's it's all uh, it's all awful. Uh, go check out some of the cool matches from the collective weekend. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. There Kevin Koo versus Daniel Garcia. Banger. There we go. People, wrestlers being sick in the ring on the collective. <laughs> that was also another thing that did happen, yes. <laughs> yes, that was. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, well, just, that... wa just watch Daniel Garcia's first match of the day, not the second. 
Yes. Agreed. <laughs> That's not one even the only one. <laughs> oh. Liam, Liam Moriarty had his match with uh, JJ Garrett. Yes. Yep. And yeah, he was sick as well. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I guess the only note, I mean, we'll talk about it in detail on our next on next week's news, but no. Uh, I'll let, end this on a lighter note. You owe it to yourself to go watch The uh, the Collective uh, from 20, uh, 2021. Awesome. Alrighty then. So, with the news out of the way, it is time to talk about the who's who of British independent wrestling. Oh, so I've split this up into three sections. Uh, we're going to go over and talk about our kind of favorite wrestlers that are already kind of notable in the scene, are probably currently touring the world or in different countries, you know, um, uh, doing their craft and, you know, getting a much bigger name for themselves. Uh, then we're going to be talking about favorite upcoming wrestlers, the ones that are just starting out and uh, building a name for themselves in uh, the UK scene. And then we're going to end it talking about some of our favorite promotions at the moment. As I said on the last episode, uh, when we were talking about this, with everything that had happened last year, I want to just give a much more big positive note to the British independent uh, wrestling scene, because there is some real good in that scene. And there are some really good people that are plowing their craft and making some amazing, amazing matches uh, in this scene. Uh, so let us start off with some of our favorite wrestlers at the moment and i'm gonna start off with well a man who i've mentioned a lot on this podcast a man who's currently in ddt pro making absolute waves for himself and that of course is chris brooks we love mm. chris brooks <laughs> and this is going to be such an interesting episode for me as you guys basically rant and rave at me and I'm just nod politely. Let's see what <laughs> exactly. you got, guys. Well, we, we've, we've, I mean, we have spoken about Chris Brooks before. Yes, you have, but I'm just yeah. saying, in general, but, um, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I love Chris Brooks because he strikes that amazing line between really, really good technical wrestler and then also someone that can also not have to take himself seriously. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, when just... you work in DDT Pro, that's kind of a prerequisite. <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on, look. The, the Leisure Center match that he was in, <laughs> need I say more about how serious Chris Brooks takes himself? <laughs> but I have, I, have, I have a lot of time and a lot of respect for Chris Brooks because I've met him a, a number of times uh, in uh, shows I've been to. And the fact that he uh, went out of his way to bet on himself and go, you know what? No, I'm not going to take a contract to NXT UK. I'm going to try my hand and see if I can make it in Japan. And lo and behold, he has made quite a name for himself uh, at DDT Pro. Uh, the first uh, DDT Pro Universal Champion as well. Yeah. Um, gosh, no, nah, he's... he's He's become quite, very quickly become quite a household name in that company, and I could not be any more happier for him. Uh, Chris uh, Chris Brooks is uh, the prime example of doing what you love, and exactly. he, he wrestles how he wants to wrestle, and it might not be to everybody's taste, um, but you can't help but be entertained by him in whether it's his his. Uh, as you said, not so serious uh, attitude or his technical ability. Indeed. Mm. Indeed. I mean, there's a reason why 
he's had what many people consider some of the great tag team matches in the British scene when he was teaming up with Jonathan Gresham and taking on LAX. Like he, yeah. when he, when, when he, you know, when he can go, he can go. And then some. Yeah. I think the thing about Chris Brooks that I love is that I, I do get a very tangible sense of you can tell how much he enjoys doing it. Yeah. Like, you can tell how much he just loves wrestling, especially um, uh, his stuff in Defiant when he was with Kid Lycos. Yeah. Because that just feels like two guys who just love wrestling, and they're just like, yeah, we're just going to go out there, do what we want, have fun with it. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Do you think he uh, followed his passion to Japan rather than NXT UK because of the British Strong Style, Mark Andrews, comparison mm. because yeah. rather than just being another one of the name amongst them he can be his own person absolutely absolutely oh and may i just say as well his merch absolutely slaps <laughs> yeah if he was in nxt uk he wouldn't have been able to have had a match featuring both maki ito and atsushi Onita. <laughs> there we go and that's why infinitely he's one of the most notable names in the scene right now <laughs> <laughs> so that, you've that's never seen of... that. If you've never seen that match, if no one knows what I'm talking about here, it was for yeah, it was for, it. it was it was for Rojo, which is yeah. a subset of DDT Pro, and you can see Maki Ito look like a kawaii version of Negan from The Walking Dead. <laughs> that is a choice. <laughs> it's amazing, Reardon. I highly recommend it. I'm going to send you the picture, Reardon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Um, Shady, what are one? Who is one of your like favorite wrestlers that are more the more notable names in the British indie scene at the moment? Well, um, one that I'd throw out there is DCT. Mm. He former ICW champion, and then uh, he had a trip over to Australia. Yes. And I think he even wrestled Ken Shamrock, if I remember correctly, over in Australia. Oh, yes, he did. Um, yeah, he did. I remember that match. And he came back a, a totally different uh, person with a, a new look and fresh attitude. Mm. And yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of DCT. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Absolutely kind of like a way to kind of reinvent yourself he did that and then some and i really i really did enjoy that match that he had with ken shamrock for sure um i think one of one of the uh, other parts of dct's work that i think people might uh, underestimate is he works in any position you can put him you know i mean icw champion you know what icw like but you could put him in front of a family show and he'd still be perfect fit yeah so yeah and yeah and no, like, absolutely that, that sort of thing uh gives a uh, high marks for me for adaptability no absolutely absolutely um oh gosh i'm just yeah no about- i think i mean i think that's a thing maybe we need to say for other people or maybe our listeners who are not from the uk which is that kind of UK wrestling split very much across like the adult and family lines. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's true because you can go from like the 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 music venues and the pubs and clubs to suddenly being in you know the leisure centres with you know loads and loads of kids and, and like village halls and stuff like that. It's it's a 
I find like with the British indie scene, that's what makes wrestlers a different breed to everyone else around the world is because you've got to adapt to each kind of audience. Yep. Mm. And I think it makes it makes them better because of it. <laughs> I do have to, I do have to ask. I know we're doing obviously a separate. Uh, collection piece interview as well along this. I have to ask Shady, have you ever done a match in a holiday camp? <laughs> uh, yes, I have. Hey! hey. <laughs> uh, the question is... Where, where um, the crowd have thrown forks in the ring, but luckily we were like um, behind a, a, a fence <laughs> from there. Uh, we were like on the basketball court where the ring was set up and they, uh, yeah, they were throwing some... Uh, various objects that's <laughs> cool man it must be a tough crowd i'm guessing was it pontins or butlins it, uh i don't know which one it was it was uh it was the one of uh, in uh over the northeast of england that's one of the things you get with them shows um a lot of the audience might not even like wrestling mm. they just go for something yeah. to do so if you win them over you're gonna um win over fans who want to watch you <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> all righty dan throw out a name who, who who is one of your favorite notable names in british wrestling at the moment yeah so i do i just wanted to mention some people who maybe you know came a little bit before mm. uh and you know those people who came up or well, notable names in the british independent scene yeah uh, so obviously you look to people like Doug Williams, oh, Pack, yeah, um, Joel Redman, mm-hmm. as well. Um, my one though, that I want to give a specific shout out to is another person who's gone from the UK independent scene all the way over to Japan. That Gabriel Kidd. Ah, uh, yes, because uh, I remember watching him back uh, WCPW. <laughs> Fun uh, fact: all the I way did, up. I did Gabriel Kidd's entrance video for the time I worked at What Culture. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, but just watching him go strength to strength, even when I saw him then, I knew he was going to be big. Mm. Yeah, there was uh, something really making his way. Him. Now making his way in, uh, becoming a young lion at the LA Dojo, uh, to then going in and making his first uh, solo appearances on New Japan events. Yeah. I mean, he had a great base. Uh, to start off with when he was in the uh, in the British independent scene and was making absolute waves. And then, good, good Lord, he got into more shape than he already was. And now he's, you know, being trained by Katsuyori Shibata. That's hell of a resume for Gabriel Kidd to have. And oh, I mean, absolutely. I know a lot of people in the British scene um, have really been singing his praises. And so I'm really excited to see what he can do. And I really hope that he gets like... He gets really big in New yeah, Japan. Yeah, no, it, it's a real sh- it's a real shame that his first kind of big matches that he was getting in 2020, 2021 were all kind of like weird multi tag matches. <laughs> yes, and I think he also had a singles match, but I think his I think his opponent got injured as well, like halfway through. And I think the match was only like seven minutes in. Yeah, it was a real shame because it was, but he's he's doing good work. He can keep up with he can keep up with the best of them. Mm. Nice. He's, I think he's. I think he showed the uh, the dedication that they want over there. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's that's half the battle. It doesn't matter about your um your actual work 
as much if you're going to put the put the time and effort in. I think that uh, that definitely goes a long way with them. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm as I said though, like I'm so excited to see what he can do in the future in New Japan. And thinking of the matchups he can have in that company as well is just. I'm, I'm so excited to see what the future holds for Gabriel Kidd, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to see the match between him and Jeff Cobb soon. <laughs> that's all. I, that, that, that's a match I definitely want to see at New Japan. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. And, you know, as we look to, um, you know, we look, we look to the future of, uh, of New Japan, I definitely could see him having, you know, kind of, I imagine they're probably going to put him on a similar track to ZSJ. Most likely. Um, but kind of steadily making his way up, getting more wins in the New Japan Cup, mm. moving further and further. Indeed. Indeed. Okie doke. A couple of names I have as well that are current, some currently my some of my favourite notable names. Um, Kid Like Us, we've already mentioned. I'm so glad that he's been able to come out of retirement. Um, the guy had such terrible luck with shoulder injuries after coming back from one after the other after the other. I'm so glad that he's come out of retirement doing his thing. One day, fingers crossed, when everything, there is a sense of normality in the world again, we could hopefully see a reunion of CCK. <laughs> That's the hope for me anyway. I want to shed a little light on one of my favorite people in wrestling. I just think one of my one of the most like positive personalities, I think, in the British scene, and that's Chuck Mambo. Hell yeah, love love Riptide, <laughs> <laughs> love Riptide, and I've, I've every time I've ever been to a live show and Chuck's been on the card, it's always been like I've always had a massive smile on my face because he just he's another one of those guys that just looks like he is thoroughly enjoying doing what he's doing. <laughs> I, he just fits Riptide so perfectly, <laughs> so so perfectly, and I will give a shout out as well to TK Cooper and their tag team escaping the mid card. Yes, I have been on a couple of episodes in the background of that of, e, of, of ETM. <laughs> and again, absolutely lovely lads. Every time I've met them, such a bundle of energy on shows as well. Um, Chris Ridgway, I want to give a special shout out yeah. to as well. That guy is like Shibata, Kurt Angle, and Kyle O'Reilly all in like mixed up into one giant ball. And then, of course, his nickname is Hard as Fuck. So, you know, he's, he, he is an intimidating figure of a man. Um, oh, is no. he with now? Is he with ROH now? I believe he's... I know he's done a couple of shows currently for Progress. And I know he's done yeah. a tour or two with Noah in 2019, which was like a bucket list dream for him. And I was so, oh, yeah. so happy to see Chris Ridgway in, in Pro Wrestling Noah. But he's a guy that I definitely feel like he is such a kind of like hidden gem because we i feel like people who know know he is good in that ring he had a great match against kyle o'reilly at super strong style 16 which i was there to witness and it was amazing um but yeah it's just like we all know he's good we just wish he, we could see him on a bigger platform because he would do so freaking well on a bigger platform uh, I mean, I guess maybe that would be progress on the WWE network. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll hold out for that one. <laughs> we could hold out for that one for sure. But no, a great name in the British indie scene. And a couple of women wrestlers as well that I want to shine a light on is Giselle Shaw and Charlie Evans, 
again, they may not be British, but they have been made. They've made their name and played their craft. Yeah, Char- the Charlie Evans scene. was working uh, Eve for a while mm. before she went back to Australia. Yeah, even, even then we say that she's one of the, the leading faces of the Australian independent scene now. Exactly. Uh, one exactly. of the many reasons I tell people to go and check them out now because <laughs> the Australian independent scene is kind of a feeder for a lot of the British independent scene. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh heck yeah. Like there's a reason why Tony Storm. It's also a massive feeder for NXT UK, but <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> But yeah, no, all of those names are like worth checking out as like the notable names that are in the British indie scene at the moment. And uh, well, a few time researching them via Cage Match or YouTube. <laughs> okay, so with that, some of our favorite upcoming wrestlers, uh, the guys that are kind of guys and gals that are playing their craft at the moment and are already making a name for themselves. There, they're making few rumblings in the scene. They're not not widely known but we know for certain that they're going to be known pretty darn soon. My one for this, when I starting out, is Ethan Allen. Um, I, I Ever since kind of watching his stuff at, on Progress, I've been really impressed by him. I mean, he's, he's been actually, in the past couple of chapters, has been tagging with um, Chris Ridgeway. Uh, and I like the, like his stuff. He seems pretty solid in that ring. And I, again, I'm very excited to see what the future holds for Ethan Allen. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he's one of those people that you just got to, you know, really just make a point of watching out for. Mm, no, for yeah, sure. I think it's just a matter of time before they start going even further. That's the hope anyway. The hope anyway for these well, guys, especially when stuff starts yeah. reopening as well. Um, that that would be the hope anyway. Um, Shady, who's a wrestler that is definitely coming on the up and up, is making rumblings that you, uh, that you like the look of in the British scene at the moment? Well, Bob, there's a, there's a few that stand out for me. Um, there's a couple from from Target. That's uh, Chris Kendall and Luke Ross, who mm. who used to be a tag team, but they've uh, kind of solidified themselves as uh, singles wrestlers now, mm. um, and they're both still. They've, they've had lots of matches, but they haven't ventured out much yet. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to see where they go. Um, you've got people like Colton Davis up in Scotland at Sauce, who uh, who has a bright future. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and an obvious one's Joe Lando. Yeah. 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 Who, uh, yeah. Who's definitely on my uh, list of uh, opponents I want to work with. <laughs> no surprise there. <laughs> And a one that's actually, I think he's signed to NXT UK now, Josh Terry or Josh Morrell. Yes. Uh, I believe he signed recently. Yeah. Maybe in the um, last couple of months. I believe you've actually yeah. had a match with him as well, Shady. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've had several. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's, Josh, Josh is outstanding and he, he's only going to get better in, in them uh, conditions. Mm. Um He's, you know, what I mean, he's he's not just a high flyer either. He's, do you know, what I mean, Johnny Moss taught him, <laughs> so he can wrestle. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I think the first the first match I had with him, uh, I asked if he could do a dragon runner, and he nailed it with skinny jeans on. Oh my what? god! What? <laughs> what? No, that's madness. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> But, right. yeah. Now I know I wear skinny jeans a lot of the time because my legs are like toothpicks, right? But 
if I'm sitting down in like a cinema for too long as Giddy Jeans, it starts getting uncomfortable. I ain't putting out a Dragon Rana. <laughs> Agreed. At Target, he's, he's wrestled uh, Stevie Xavier, Stevie Boy, um, Paul mm. London, uh, Zach Gibson. And as I say, that's just at Target. Um, I've, I worked with him here. I've had two matches with him here. Several mm. six mans, a couple of triple threat matches, and I've worked with him up at Discovery as well. And yeah, he's like he's he's my perfect opponent. He's yeah. a, a really good baby face with loads of fire, and I, yeah, I'm quite happy to base for him all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. No, absolutely amazing. He is so so good. <laughs> So yeah, like, I was. I remember. I remember specifically watching his uh his debut match for NXT UK. Mm. Nah, I think that there is, I, I there is something really special about Josh, and I really, really hope, and I like touch wood, cross fingers that it kind of like NXT UK works out for him. I if, really uh, if you haven't watched any of my matches with him, uh, we we like to use. Uh, he does a Canadian Destroyer on the apron. <laughs> Oh, the hardest part Hell of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> the hardest part of the ring. But, well, one one thing with uh, with me is when you see spots like that, they're normally my idea. <laughs> <laughs> so you only have so, yourself so to blame your for that. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't drop kick downstairs, but I will uh, take Canadian destroyers on the airport. <laughs> I, I mean, don't you know, have to have, I don't know you have, to have some. I mean, you have to have some standards, right? Yeah, I, I don't know why, but some somehow I'm just having this image in my head of like you two just like work like working together, like going through match ideas, going through sequences, and you're just like, I want you to Canadian destroy me on the apron. And she goes, well, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's alert now to just say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so expect a Canadian destroyer on the apron on a future episode of NXT UK very soon. Please, I need it. <laughs> if Bad Buddy could do it, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Dan, who are you seeing or eyeing up right now in the in the scene that make that's making rumbles? Uh, this is just a side note, just because we're talking about Josh Morrell. I was thinking, like, actually, with the kind of people they have in NXT UK, there's some great matchups with him. Like, I definitely love to see him versus Mark Andrews. Yeah. yeah. No, they haven't already had a match before, but no, um, yeah, so absolutely, there's some names that I've got on my list who are kind of people known in the UK independence, maybe don't have the recognition elsewhere. I mean, they're people I vouch for big on our social medias as people who absolutely need to get more love. Uh, so just highlighting, um, some of the top three women in the UK, and I'm going to add brackets and Ireland because she makes a lot of appearance. One of them makes a lot of appearances there. Uh, Lizzie Evo, TNT yes. Women's Champion currently, dude, goes hard is like the perfect example of a British heel. Yes, <laughs> and I thought Ginny would never be topped, but no, <laughs> no, nah, Lizzie Evo's work is genuinely top level. Yeah, the commitment she has to to the business mm-hmm. um, and just the amount of effort that she goes to in her work really yeah. just sh- shows and, and shines through mm. 
and I think the big thing, the big thing you can say about it is that, at least in the context of TNT, they as a company see her as the biggest part of it. Absolutely, and that's something that for for me is is amazing to see. Mm. But no, she she can do it in the ring. She can do it on the mic. She's she's a she's a complete package. Absolutely. Uh, then again, uh, Alexis Falcon uh, did some stuff with Progress recently. I believe she also did some stuff with ICW fairly mm-hmm. recently. Um, and again, also working TNT, but also again, just fantastic. Uh, I'm going to apologize here because I always mess her name up. Debbie Keitel, <laughs> uh, who does lots of stuff with OTT. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, she's absolutely amazing. Again, fantastic in-ring worker. And I would say a great representation of the modern women's wrestler. She's got a great character as well, which I think oh, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of uh, people overlook with women's wrestling, but her character work is outstanding. Mm. Yeah, she she always has a great sense of character. And I mean, I just say it as knowing what to do, knowing how to get the reaction that she wants. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one person who I, again, will vouch for massively because we need more representation there in the UK hardcore scene. Tyler Devlin of BWR. Yes. Love Tyler Devlin. Um, if you can find, uh, I believe it's from TNT's uh, Dead on Arrival, uh, his match with Clint Margera. Oh gosh, yeah, that match. You ever seen oh, a man oh, oh, oh. get thrown off the like the side, like a wall from a leisure center for a pane of glass? You what, mate? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely it, the spot's absolutely insane. But um, more representation for the UK hardcore scene, uh, just because I am a ghoul. Uh, <laughs> I like, and I like that stuff. <laughs> we both. Um, but no, he he he's great. And also just, I mean, also just as a, as a side thing, um, he is a person that has such a love for the business and everyone that he works with. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever, uh, I've ever seen many people uh, on wrestling Twitter that is actually as amazingly positive as Tyler is. <laughs> Maybe except, of course, for Shady, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Which, considering how much everybody else thinks I'm a miserable, miserable person in real life, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, oh no, no, great choices there, Dan. I want to give a couple. No, sorry, sorry. Just, just finally though, my, oh, yes, my one. Yes, I want to give a big shout out to. Uh, again, just as an area, I think needs more. It needs more representation, but I feel like it's important to draw to the draw attention to the fact that actually, as a independent scene, I'm very happy that the independent scene in the UK is so welcome to the LGBTQ plus community. Mm. Mm. Which is that the one I have to give my big shout out to is Cassius Neon. Yes. Uh, also known as the modern male diva. <laughs> um, Cassius is basically the 
the closest you can get to, I guess, what it, it generally, literally, British terms is what it termed an exotico. Yep. Yeah. But it is just a person who is unabashedly themselves, mm-hmm. is not scared of it, and is willing to use that in every single way possible. I mean, I'm looking forward to the day when as when everything does get back to normal and we finally have the the, the dream match of, of Cassius versus Effie. That's I mean that's a match I I've been wanting to see for a while now. Yeah, like it, it's it's just stuff like that. And I'm just happy that uh, as a scene we have someone like that. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. And it's just it's just so amazing to see, and there's just like so much about it with just like the bright colours. And, and, you know, the way that they use the moves and everything just to, again, have that really complete sense of character and just, I guess, ha- have that thing where it's like you don't have to be scared about going too far. <laughs> I, think, I think the uh, the British scene is, it's really underrated how uh, well covered it is with uh, the different um, range of, LGBT characters we have from the likes of Visage and Shaman A up in Scotland, Mitchell Starr yeah. down at oh, WAW. Gosh, yeah. Um and because we had we had Mitchell Starr up at WA uh, up at Target and he was a bit unsure how he was going to uh, be received and uh, he was a face and he was tagging with uh, Josh. Um and everybody took to him right away, and like mm. I, I actually thought he was going to burst into tears. It, he, he was that over just from going through the curtain. and going somewhere new with a with a, a character like that must be uh, very intimidating. It's mm. it's one thing to um, to try and get booze or, or cheers, but when it's something real like that, it it must be uh, must be tough for them. Mm. Yeah, no, it it is. I mean that that's why um, you know looking at things like that. So uh, quite a large chunk of Cassius Neon's work is currently with Lucha Britannia. Yes. Yeah. Um, who again? When we get into the next section, I'll, I'll probably give a bit more of a mention to. Um, but no, it, it's fantastic. It's fantastic to see and fantastic to know that there is so much representation in our scene and there's spaces to allow for that. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's just, it's such a good feeling to know that not only is this like, is all the fans so accepting of them, but they are over by proxy <laughs> basically at that point. It's so nice to see that. And I, I also think after the last year, I think it could be even stronger now that, um, some uh, unsavory characters have been removed that possibly could have uh, held people back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before I go on to favorite promotions, I want to give a special shout out to a, to, a, to a friend of the podcast and a person we definitely need to get on in the future when talking about video games. That's Alex Webb. Not only does he really do good YouTube reviews of Smack, old SmackDown games, but he's not a bad wrestler at all. And is uh, go check out his work over in Scotland because he's so, so good. I mean, this guy, 
I mean, he'll. Te- I think he will. He said in the future he will explain his two worst injuries. But if you, he has alluded to some of his injuries in the past. But uh, if he's if he's going to, if he's willing to injure his uh, never regions, then I think he he does. He definitely deserves a shout out. <laughs> yeah, it's commitment to the business. Exactly. <laughs> the business. <laughs> but no, absolutely entertaining guy. Does really good YouTube videos, but is also a bloody good wrestler as well. Definitely one to check out for the future, for sure. Okay, so let us wrap this up with some of our favourite promotions in the scene. And, of course, Dan knows what's coming. I think Reardon knows what's coming. I want to talk a little bit about Riptide. (laughs) Hell yeah. yeah. Cinematic Wrestling from Brighton, and basically the home turf of Chuck Mambo. (laughs) Uh, no, but all that being said, though, I think what was really what's really cool about Riptide when they first started out was, of course, you know, a Brighton-based promotion, which hasn't been seen for quite a while. Um, but the fact that they were willing to use kind of like very more cinematic way of production in terms of uh, film crew, uh, lighting, uh, and having the audience become almost like a like a a fourth or maybe like third participant of a match was really really inspired choice by them and i think that's what set them apart from most other promotions in the uk scene i mean forgive me if i'm wrong here but i first heard about cara noir from riptide yes that's i first heard of cara uh, from riptide as well um Again, like the perfect place to do it. (laughs) As an editor, like myself and Rhiannon being like the media production kind of uh, bubble, I can't gush enough about how well the camera work is for these guys. Oh, thank God. It's really, really good. And for, for an indie promotion as well, to have a very cinematic looking footage as well as very cinematic looking camera pans and camera shots... It's bloody impressive. <laughs> well, I think it's an important thing to say because it's one thing that always comes around where it's like, you know, wanting to go back and watch independent shows and then being not being able, not feeling like you can because the camera works so awful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's like what I've always said, it's like progress is the, like, I guess you're going to say by proxy, the biggest indie in the UK, right? Mm. I, when I watch their shows on like YouTube, or whatever, like cat, like looking back on something, I think the camera work is awful. <laughs> <laughs> As a person who's been to a lot of live progress shows in the past, I can vouch. To, I can vouch to say that some of the camera work is very intrusive, because uh, not only are they in really weird, awkward positions, but they get right in the way of the cam- of, of the audience. Half <laughs> the time, the camera's looking under the bottom rope. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh gosh man that is that's one thing i i, I certainly uh, have not missed in the current chapters of progress that's for sure <laughs> it's slightly <laughs> improved <laughs> but no riptide is i love the 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 storylines as well like chuck mambo's storyline to become brighton champion again as i said the brighton championship is a belt that is a very underrated design look a look to our good belt designs episode (laughs) uh just yeah it's just it's such a a fun very inclusive promotion as well it's very much you know a very lgbt positive promotion for sure so that it gets extra uh, brownie points from me on that part as well Um, i don't think it'd be able to survive in brighton if it wasn't (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, he would be eaten alive. <laughs> that is true. But, but they managed to use a lot of the same workers as other places, but still established their own style and and feel to them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how... I think they used Keith Lee in a couple of shows, but it was amazing how he was uniquely used in Riptide. I mean, a lot better than any, uh, than well, sorry, than current day Monday Night Raw, but I don't yeah, I, mean, I think that's the thing, though, about, uh, again, you're talking about the range of promotions in the UK, which is that there are so many that do that just do different things to each other. There's there is a lot of variety out there. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, I was just trying to think of what, what, what there was another promotion that I had in mind. Oh, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out in, in, in a moment. But as I I will pass over to Shady. What are some of your favourite promotions in the UK scene? Well. I I, I'd uh, I'd be rude not to mention Target Wrestling. <laughs> no, we we, un- we understand. <laughs> <laughs> you are the franchise player after all, so yeah, indeed. We um we have like you were saying earlier about the uh, the divide between the over 18s and the family shows, and we have this weird mix of both mm. on our on our shows that bit the Carlisle shows, which we class as our home shows, mm. um, and it works. It, I'd like I don't I don't know I don't understand how but it works. <laughs> you have you have your, your groups of uh, of rowdy lads who were you use it as a pre night out entertainment and then you've got families there as well mm. and it all just creates this amazing atmosphere and I mean we've had some amazing names come through um, as well as bringing our own uh, wrestlers through as well so I think uh, we've. Uh, We've had some really fun shows. Um, if uh, if you ever get round to watching uh, British Strong Style, well, Mustache Mountain versus uh, Polo Promotions, that, that's one of our um, standout matches of all time. And it includes 10 minutes of back and forth chanting before the match even starts. <laughs> yeah. It's why I love British fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Places like um, like Wrestle Island, which I think has established themselves doing what they do, mm. is is a good uh, is a good promotion to look at. Discovery as well. They once again they have a, a strange mix of audience that they they're happy for for your high spots. They're happy for your your comedy. The the kind of one just want to be entertained. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think we're lucky in the UK that we have such a range, um, and I'm really excited once shows start coming back again. See, uh, after a few shows have gone by, who's gonna be standing out? Because I think uh, until a few shows have gone gone past, I don't think we'll uh, see who's uh, rising to the top until uh, they've put the money where the mouth is, shall we say? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, like, no, absolutely. It'll be, I, I, it'll, like for all intents and purposes, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that, you know, we can all go back to a to a British indie show. Like I, 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 I'm just pining for the days of where I could go to to, to, to any sort of like indie show, 
uh, and, and feel the vibe of the crowd and and and, and the wrestlers as well. Like, dude, when they come back, we'll be booking train tickets like crazy. Oh, <laughs> exactly. it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be frankly terrible for my. This <laughs> just a worse. It's gonna so, be bad for my wallet. <laughs> Oh gosh, that's true. Oh god, okay. I got. I got to get a job quickly, Dan. Please move on before I have an existential crisis. <laughs> you want some of your uh, favorite yeah. promotions? So, I mean, I've already mentioned two of my absolute favorite ones: BWR, British Wrestling Revolution, and TNT. Yeah. Uh, BWR out of Grimsby, comparatively small, running in a sense. Hmm. But they don't skimp on anything. Oh god, no, they don't. They do not cut corners. They hold themselves to a high level of quality uh with everything that they do mm. uh and again they've kind of been they've kind of been supportive in along with tnt and liverpool who are kind of i guess really carving themselves out as the the next kind of big british indie really yeah it's really i guess in, i say. guess in lieu of progress <laughs> that is true no it's it's so exciting to see that. Really exciting to see that. Um, but I, as I said, the, the two of them doing their work to represent the UK hardcore scene, uh, because as I said, the, the demand is there. <laughs> people people want to see it. People uh, want people want to support it, and I'm happy that it's getting the attention that it deserves. Because basic, <laughs> like there is there is such a breadth of wrestling styles in the UK, and it isn't just. You know, we, it's not like that we specialize in anything. We're great at taking lots of things together and bringing it together into one package. So basically, Dan... Well, one oh, of sorry, the things Kenny. with TNT is they have the different almost brands. Yeah. Mm. So you've got your, your over-18s, you've got your more family-based, and then you've got your hardcore shows as well. So I think they do tick a lot of boxes. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. So I yeah. was, was going to say that. <laughs> Does this mean that we've? I'm hoping that we can see TNT put on their own version of Tournament of Death in a beer garden. <laughs> well, no, because they said they're doing. They want to do another um, DOA tournament. Well, perfect. There we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, no, but my uh, one I do again uh, mention Discovery and Source. There, both love both of them. Uh, uh, for anyone that is wondering, the Scottish seed is very much alive and very much well. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and it is in some absolutely amazing hands across, company, literally in companies across the whole of Scotland. <laughs> and, you um, thought, and most casual audience or casual fans thought it was just Grado. Oh, gosh, you are more, <laughs> you are mistaken. <laughs> yeah, if you're like genuinely, it is so worth looking into the, the range of people there. I mean, again, Shout out to Grado because he's absolutely carved his own niche within the international wrestling world. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, no, but my my company I want to give a big shout out to is uh, North NCL out of Newcastle. Yes, uh, just because they have been kind of amazing in tapping into that. I guess an online audience and bringing them into shows. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, they have the um, they have the amazingness of uh, kind of internal ties to cultaholic, yeah, um, and what culture and stuff like that. But they've been amazing at 
bringing those fans from the online space that might not go to independent shows and opening them up to this world of wrestling that they may not have an opportunity they may not have considered checking out before. Uh-huh. Mm. Even if it is just for the sake of the appearance, say, hey, look, I saw Tom Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like they're actually pretty good at taking those people and bring them into a space which is both very welcoming to a, a non-indie wrestling fan, but also just generally an, a non-wrestling fan going to a show. Mm. It is very much that sense of tapping into that idea of it as entertainment. It's it's um, the whole point of a draw, which yeah. a lot of people don't understand. <laughs> it's it sounds so basic. <laughs> if you if you have something on your show that people want to see, then your audience increases. Yeah, yeah like it, it, it is simple as that. It's like they they they're making a product people want to go and see. They want to go and check it out, and it's kind of made itself you know, a, ma- a mainstay in the Newcastle area. And like I said, it's, it's amazing to me that they've kind of come from where they have, you know, then being featured on, like, Sky Sports. Yeah. Um, talking about UK independent wrestling and the role that they've, that they've played in their own little specific area. And it's been amazing to see them just kind of go from strength to strength. Um, and again, I'm looking forward to getting myself all the way up there for, for a show when I can. Oh, absolutely. I, I am. But also, there's a very specific aura around their shows, which makes it feel like it's shot in a warehouse. <laughs> no, no, yes, yes. I, I get but what in, exactly. But also in made. a very, but in a very weird way, it's almost also, but it's also family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the family friendly smoke filled warehouse. <laughs> Family-friendly fight club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's actually a very appropriate way of describing it. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Oh, man, no, yeah. I look forward to the day that the, that the three of us can go up there and go to a show. That's going to be so We're going to get ourselves to Target as well. Oh, It's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I look forward to the day that we get to do that. We get to just jump on trains and ping-ponging to every corner of the country to just watch indie shows. <laughs> I'm going to start reply. It's me, I'm there, and I'm like writing my report on like the Cornish wrestling scene. <laughs> well, at least the wrestling's good now. When before I was actually wrestling, the shows weren't even that good, and we were traveling everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because with that, I mean, like, I mean, a question that I'm just curious of. I mean, because I guess the guys that you were kind of like your contemporaries back when you were starting out, Shady, would have been guys like Doug. Uh, yeah. Jody Fleisch, Johnny Storm, all those Alex guys. Shane, Alex Shane, yeah. FWA, the FWA kind of uh, era. Mm. Um, yeah, and like uh, I've been lucky enough to work with uh, Johnny and Jody, and there's a reason why they've, they're still going. They're that good. <laughs> there's a reason, like, I still highly rate uh, Jody and Johnny versus the Young Bucks from Honor reunited back a couple of years ago. Because I'm still amazed that Jody Flesh can still pull off the 720 DTT so well. He's in, he's in better shape than he used to be. He's, exactly. He's, 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 <laughs> that man, seriously, like, I know he was going to be in uh, the Battle of um, Los Angeles a couple of years ago, but he needs to go back there because I feel like he's a, he is a legend in his own right. But no, yeah, dude, big up um, Jody Flesh. Dude, Jody, <laughs> Jody Flesh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Jody Fleisch, I think it's CZW circa 2002. 
best ah, of the best three. Yes. Dude, hits different. <laughs> it really does. His matches with Ruckus, well worth checking out. Oh. <laughs> but no, uh, the final question, I actually wanted to uh, uh, tell Reardon, actually uh, point towards Reardon. Now that mm. we've talked about all of this, we've talked about multiple names, multiple companies, uh, the British scene seemingly now kind of when it comes back is going to be as strong as it ever has been. Are you going to go out of your way to kind of integrate yourself into the British indie scene? Yes, a- because it's my job. <laughs> <laughs> Besides no, it no. being a job. wasn't the answer <laughs> you meant to give. <laughs> no, 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 I kid, I kid, I kid, I kid, I swear to God. No, no, in all honesty, as soon as things open up, I'm definitely going to be taking a chance to really, to see the Brit Rest guys in action and, mm. and girls and non-binary pals, all of, all of them in action. Definitely, uh, and it seems that we've got I've got some people to uh, look out for. Definitely, <laughs> for sure. I feel like I guess the way I ended this on is kind of like with everything that had happened last year. I am very happy that um, that it not only got taken very seriously, but there there has seemed to be a lot of proactive action. Um, I mean, it's for me, it's really unprecedented. There have been. Uh, forces outside of wrestling that have taken this very seriously uh, up to the point now that we have a parliamentary group that has that has looked in and kind of yeah they've published suggested... their they published their report now and it's due to go for debate in parliament um and i really hope for the sake of everyone that's you know that's you know that has made waves and has gone over for you know in the big leagues in the mainstream companies of wwe and aew to the guys that are, guys and gals that are just starting out that it's you know a much more better place, a much more safer place for everyone involved. The the big thing for me is, um, I I reckon after uh, maybe three or four years, it could be stronger than it was. I think I think we're gonna we're gonna see less of the same wrestlers everywhere. I think we're gonna get a lot of uh, new faces on the scene, and I think it's yeah, it's, it could end up being better than it was. Absolutely. Yeah, I I genuinely believe that British wrestling could be in like a revival period. Absolutely, absolutely, and that is a and way to end our episode on who's who of British wrestling. I would get in now before it really takes off, and you struggle to see your your future favourites. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Get in now. <laughs> Okie doke. So, yeah, that is that concludes all our episode on the Who's Who of British Independent Wrestling. Thoughts and feelings, everybody. It's, it's just be... nice acknowledging the good bits. It <laughs> is, isn't it? Especially, especially when, like, obviously, so much of being a British wrestling fan, like, the last year has felt so tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what that's been like. I mean, given our perspective as fans, um, how that's been, but I mean, I can't have imagined how tough it must have been for you, Shady, to uh, experience that and see that. The 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 speaking out movement was was tough because it was it was a lot of things that, to be honest, didn't surprise me. I I personally didn't know any details, but like the whole uh, the old excuse was it's wrestling, and yeah. that's that's just rubbish. Yeah, I, like I've I've got kids, and if if my two girls got trapped like half of these uh, even not as serious uh, allegations 
then I wouldn't be standing for it. So mm. we we need to get rid of that whole uh, attitude and it being wrestling isn't an excuse. Mm. Um, but with the with the the lockdown, I I actually strangely feel in a better position now than I was. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of forced hands. Um, we've had to stay relevant, and mm. I, beforehand, I I think I had only ever done one podcast, um, and I've I've done a handful of them. I've uh, put myself out there doing a YouTube show. I've um, provided feedback for for wrestlers, um, and I, I created Project Wrestling Unity to try and uh, help. Uh, promote the good stuff. Um, I think a lot of wrestlers have the attitude of they can't be positive because you only want something. Mm. Now, the only thing I want is wrestling to be better. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not, no, not I, I think we could all agree on that one. If, mm. if, if the wrestling's better um, everywhere else, then more people come through the door, which means more money, which means more shows, which means everybody does better which means the wrestling gets better because everybody's improving, then everybody wins. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> like I said earlier, some of some of the basic concepts of wrestling are so simple, but they've been overlooked for so long. Mm. Um, that, do you know, like when we, when we learned, uh, when we first got taught wrestling, we didn't have any uh, teachings about match structure, Psychology, match lengths. Wow! <laughs> oh, boy. You just you just went out there and sank sank or swim. Uh, <laughs> and, and and now people like myself are available for for younger, less experienced wrestlers to to ask questions, to to give feedback, just to improve. Yeah, and it's. You know what I mean? It's it is a, an exciting time, really. It really, it really is. It, I'm I am more than ever kind of so excited to to see where we can go, uh, where the UK scene can go uh, more than ever, more than I have been well since when it was right in its boom period uh, a few years back. So no, so so excited. As you mentioned, Shady, you have a, you've had a couple of things uh, going on since lockdown. Where can people find you on social media? It's at Shady Nattress on Twitter, or if you're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Shady Nattress. Uh, and I have a merchandise store, shadynattress.bigcartel.com. And I also have Project Wrestling Unity, which is uh, at Wrestling Unity on Twitter, and Project Wrestling Unity is the Facebook page. All awesome stuff, all positive stuff. And honestly, thank you so much for joining us on this episode, Shady. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, buddy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> okie doke so before we head off i need to announce the next episode for the sweet chin wagon we are talking about a, a, a funny one we're going to be talking about on, ne on the next episode it's wrestlers in film <laughs> does this oh. mean we're going to bring up no holds barred oh you bet we're going to bring up no holds barred it's actually just me going through every single scorpion king movie <laughs> <laughs> well even the one with randy couture in it Yes. <laughs> no, all right, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. So look forward to that one on the next episode. But until then, I have been Sam. This has been Reardon, Dan, and our special guest, Shady Natress, and you have been listening to the Sweet Chinwag podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Bye.
Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.